Turner, and thanks for joining me in the podcast today, Married Women and Happiness. What do married women really want and need so that their happiness is assured? But you know, you can ask the same question. What about women who are about to be married or who would like to be married or who are in the process of marriage or early marriage? What is it that really serves their best interest? What is it that they want so that they can be assured of a relationship that creates a sense of happiness, not just for them, but for both husband and wife? It's this kind of sense of happiness that is desired and wanted by everybody within the context of their marriage. A study recently was conducted by two sociologists, Stephen Nock and Bradford Wilcox. Both are professors at the University of Virginia. And they did a um, relatively extensive research study and presented it under the title of What's Love Got to Do With It? And they looked at equality, equity, commitment, and women's marital quality. And it would, it's available if you want to get it on the digital in digital form from Amazon.com. So when you look at this issue of family life and women and marriage and relationships, what is it that really is at the core of not only achievement and success in marriage, but a level of happiness and satisfaction and pleasure and just commit and, and contentment, if you will within the marriage. Well, let me give you a couple observations that these researchers came up with when they studied uh, families and households across the uh, across America, okay? Men who were churchgoers with a strong normative commitment to marriage were better husbands and they were more likely to make their wives happy. So they really um, underscored men who were churchgoers, churchgoers, with a strong normative commitment to marriage. In other words, they had a commitment to what we refer to as a fairly traditional marriage. And within that context, happiness prevails, certainly for the woman, but for both of them, if you will. Okay? Now, let's move on and say, what about divorce how is that initiated who initiates that is that related to a woman's a married woman's unhappiness well about two-thirds of all the divorces in the United States are initiated by women so you see women who initiate divorce tend to approach it from the point of view of a level of unhappiness which means the quality of the relationship is low and, it, and when one has a low-quality relationship, there is little tolerance for any level of unhappiness within that relationship. On the other hand, relationships which have high quality, you know, very unlikely to seek divorce. Very unlikely. So it's the quality of relationship. And that's a perceptual thing. That's a subjective thing. Because what is a quality relationship to me is may not be a quality relationship to you. So we have to define it in the context of what is a quality relationship. 
And women need to speak up and make that known to the husband in their life. And they need to make that a, a, a point of discussion and a point of, of uh, guidance so that the relationship does have high quality. And as a result of that, divorce is very unlikely you know, to occur. Now, how do women fare in this particular regard? That is the quality relationship. Well, what they found in their study was this that Christian women, now whether they be Catholic or mainline Protestant, or they be um, evangelical, you know, Protestant, whatever, were generally happy, those women were generally happy and happier if their husband also attended church with them on a regular, repeated, consistent, and predictable basis. Okay? It wasn't just the fact that they were an evangelical woman who believed in conservative theological points of view. It wasn't that. It wasn't just because they were a devoted Catholic or devoted Presbyterian or devoted Methodist. That didn't make marriages happier and doesn't it didn't keep them out of divorce courts. What kept them out of the divorce courts and made their marriages happier that these women were committed believers whether they be Protestant or mainline Protestant, evangelical Protestant, or they be Catholics. But that there was a regular church attendance as part of their marriage. And that way, they had less divorce and less feelings of unhappiness. So it seemed to me that the church-going aspect of it is a huge part of what is the contributing factor to a woman's, a married woman's happiness. Now, it's not just church going periodically. It's regular church going. It isn't just going with a chip on your shoulder. It's going with a, an involvement and a commitment and a personal commitment, you know, to the church process, the worship process, the church uh, programming and policies and so on. Well, how much less likely are, is the divorce among the, such an individual? If they come from that kind of a background, how much less likely would they divorce? Well, the study shows by uh, these two researchers, uh, Knock and uh, Wilcox, Wilcox from the University of Virginia, that it was about 35 to 50% less likely than what is happening in the general society. So in other words, the divorce rate is lower. It's not the same whether you go to church or not. It is not the same whether you are a Christian believer or not. You see, the idea is divorce is much less among people who are believers and are married to a person with an equal commitment to church attendance and church involvement. That's the key factor. Okay? Now, what were some of the things that make a married woman happy? Well, in their study, the biggest predictor was, a, was the husband's emotional engagement. That is, he expressed affection. That is, he was empathetic. That is, he was basically turned on and tuned into 
his wife's emotional nature, emotional factor of her life. This was the big, big issue that identified married women who were happy. It drowned out all other kind of factors involved. So if you're going to boil it down to say, okay, what makes a married woman happy? And perhaps you can generalize and say, what would make any woman happy? Is her boyfriend's or her husband's emotional engagement, commitment to affection, to empathy, and to being turned on and tuned into the wife, tuned into the wife, wanting to make sure that he understood her and knew her feelings and knew her concerns and knew her hurts and knew her uh, wishes and desires and goals, and then work to help the woman achieve those particular goals and to reduce the pain and the stress and the hurt you know, in her life. Now, that's probably not a surprise, you know, most of us, but um, it was this emotional factor that weighed out much more important than whether or not the husband helped with dishes or helped vacuum or helped dust or, or worked in the yard or washed the car every Saturday and cleaned the car and put oil in it and gas in it and all those kind of things that we kind of associate with a man's responsibility in a marriage. Those are good. Those were appreciated, but that's not what made women happy in a marriage. It was this emotional engagement. So if you're going to do something, if you do it with an emotional engagement of empathy and being considerate and being affectionate and loving and caring, then it really meant a lot. But if you did it just out of a grudge, it didn't mean anything at all and was probably downplayed. You see? So these are the factors that really makes the difference in a relationship. But there was one other factor that these researchers found out, that men should take the primary lead in breadwinning, and women should take the primary lead in nurturing the children, and managing the domestic sphere, and managing family life. Here's what they're saying. Obviously, men who are emotionally tuned into the wife and are engaged and are committed and are affectionate and empathetic. That's great. But also, if they took the primary lead in the breadwinning area of life, they were the provider for the family. And the woman was allowed to exercise her skills and her abilities in the area of nurturing the children and raising the children and having a home that is uh, domestically uh, safe and sound and happy and relaxing. And she was able to manage her family in the way that she wanted to manage her family. That's what makes the woman happy. Now, around 35% of the population of women hold traditional views of marriage. What the husband's role is, what the how, what the wife's role is, what the children's role is, you know, what they're how they're to live, how they're to divide e chores and responsibilities in the home and the breadwinning and all that. About thirty-five percent of the population is very, very, you know, traditional in that sense. The children are really essentially raised by the mother, and the physical aspects of the home and 
management of money and so on is pretty much handled by the father or the husband. But they went on to find out this, that women kind of expected the husband to make about 66% of the income. 66% of the income. Let's just say 65% of the income. That's what women kind of expect of their man. Now, women don't mind contributing to the income level. Don't mind contributing to the uh, overall financial stability of a home. They don't mind that. They don't mind doing their jobs and their roles at home and taking on responsibilities. What they want was fairness, not equity. They didn't want everything to be equal. They just wanted it to be fair. They wanted to be treated fairly, and they wanted to treat the husband and the children fairly as well. What they found in the study is that women desire the man to make about 65% of the income. And then she contributes the balance. And then she's relatively a happy camper within the context of the home and the marriage from that you know, particular point of view. So they went on and then to kind of look at some of the other factors here that are important, and I'll just kind of summarize here as we bring it to a conclusion. Women want a marriage that is uh, what is called neo-traditional, and that's kind of the future of the marriage. That's kind of the direction marriages are, are going these days. Neo-traditional. Now, what is that? Well, that means that the husband is investing more and more time emotionally with the wife and emotionally with the children. In other words, the man is not leaving the children to the care of the mother, but he is investing himself in the care of the children in a very personal uh, manner and a very emotional kind of manner. He enjoys the children, enjoys their activities, and participates with them in their activities and doesn't just pass them off on the mother and let her handle all the aspects of child care and child management. That's what a neo-traditional family looks like. They're both committed to the emotional upbringing, the emotional strength of their children. And the husband is particularly involved in the emotional aspects of their children's lives. He'll talk to the kids. He'll spend time with them. he get to know them, encourage them, support them, reinforce them, affirm them, brag on them, love them. That's what a neo-traditional marriage is. And we're seeing more of that today, and these researchers are predicting that marriages will become more of that in the future. And when that prevails, divorce decreases. It's unlikely that divorce will, will happen in that kind of a relationship. So what they're really saying here as a researcher is, how can we help our marriages become more neo-traditional? How can we help them become, that's kind of new traditional. The new tradition is there is a husband and wife, that there is a role, that the husband does play a role in the, in the family life, and the wife does play a particular role in the life of the family. That's true. And they kind of divide it according to finances and the children. But it goes beyond that by saying that hey, the husband is one who invests in the emotional life, in the emotional experience of not just the wife, but of the children. 
and becomes part of their world and becomes part of their experience in a very personalized, you know, manner. That's what really makes the difference. So, when we look at marriage, yes, it can be successful. Yes, it is successful. It's successful among some. It's not successful among others. If you have a high-quality relationship, as we just discussed it and defined it, it's less likely to result in a divorce. So we want the neo-traditional happiness, if you will, within the context of our homes and context of our family. So do what you can. Be part of that process, okay? Anyway, I hope this has been helpful to you as you look at your own marriage, your own uh, relationships, and uh, share it with somebody. Somebody who is married that needs to hear this, share it with them. Tell them to listen. If you know somebody who is thinking about marriage or is in the process of becoming married or will be married this summer or this spring, have them listen to this because this is good background. This is part of pre-marriage counseling, if you will. And uh, this would be a good thing for them to listen to and look at their own relationship in terms of, is this what the relationship is now? Because if it's that way now, it will be when they're married. But if the relationship is not like this now, it won't be in the marriage either. So it's a really critical point to uh, understand and to study and to make sure that you, in your relationship, you follow this pattern of what makes a woman happy, a married woman happy. Because then we're all happy. And uh, the children are happy and they thrive under these kind of marriage relationships. So, hope this has been helpful to you. And thanks for joining me today. And um, just refer you to my website, booksbyhedberg.com. Hope you'll pick a book up and read it as we enter into a new year. Okay, and bye for now.